Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Hey, would you turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Amos? I was going to do some crazy things. I'm going to let you off the hook. I'm not going to do them today. Every once in a while, the, the, the Holy Ghost says, don't do that. <laughs> so, all right, Lord, not a problem. Uh, you're in charge. By the way, as you're turning to Amos, chapter 3, verse 12, famous Amos, I want to tell you, the, the greatest event that could ever happen this week begins tonight at 6.15 in Anchor Youth Ministries. Oh, you thought I, I meant the Super Bowl. Some of you, some, hey, go Chiefs, right? Yeah. No, no, it begins at 6.15 tonight, and it's for Anchor Youth Ministries. And listen, moms and dads, you don't have to do anything but drop them off. And they'll call you when the game's over. They're thinking 10 o'clock, but, but uh, they'll call you when the game's over. So youth, be here tonight, 6.15. God bless you. It's going to be a good time. Anybody rooting for San Francisco? We have an altar call in a little bit. We'll just uh, offer you. Oh, you would. You would. It has to be Scott, the Michigan fan. All right, Amos chapter 3, verse 12. We're going to be talking this morning for just a few moments what to do when your life feels totaled, wrecked, and wounded. If you've never felt this way, you will. But let, let me tell you this. Jesus promised in this world you'll have trouble. He never said, there's no get out of trouble free card in walking with Jesus. In this world you'll have trouble, but what? Be of good cheer, he says, because I've overcome the world. Right? So what do you do? What do you do when you feel totaled, wrecked, and wounded? Watch this. Amos chapter 3, verse 12. This is what the Lord says. As a shepherd saves from the lion's mouth only two leg bones. Say two. Leg bones. Or a piece of an ear. Say piece of an ear. So will the Israelites be saved. Those who sit in Samaria on the edge of their beds and in Damascus on their couches. Pray with me. Father God, help us to understand that God, when we think it's over, it's not. Father, when we think that we're down to nothing. God, when we think that God, <laughs> we're total. That it's not worth it anymore. Father, you can take what broken pieces are left in our lives and do more than we've ever imagined. If we're down to just two leg bones and just a piece of an ear, you can put us still back together. We give you the praise for that in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Uh, I've told you stories before how I've wrecked cars. I've wrecked a lot of them. Mostly, mostly in my teen and preteen age, you know, at five or six years old, I got in my parents' car at a grocery store, and while they were in there buying groceries, I drove the car out of the lot and totaled it and totaled the car that I hit. That was just for starters. Y'all think I'm crazy. I am. I've always been this way. Um, in marrying Sarah, her dad would let me borrow the car. Several times I've wrecked his car, like two, three times. And then here recently, uh, he let me borrow his van. Because my car was trapped, took his van. We went to get some soup somewhere. We like Rosa Marina. You don't know anything about that, but Rosa Marina is pretty cool. And uh, come out, his car's wrecked. 
Every time I've touched a man's car, I've wrecked his car. I've hit dogs with it. I've come into the church parking lot before, and, and it's been icy, and, and I've hit another. You, you know this, honey. And every time your dad's like, hey, it's okay. It's all right. But he's a big dude. He could, he could hurt me, man. I mean, really, he's, he's got this belt on it that says born again all the way around, and it's a big buckle that says Jesus saves. But I'm afraid that it come off one of these years. You know, I'm, I'm concerned. The man is, and he's Irish, and old Irish mob guy, he's crazy, you know, but he loves Jesus. And anyway, uh, let me tell you about one other time. And as you're hearing this, you're probably never going to let me drive your car. That's fine. But I was in auto body class one, one day, and uh, I, had a, uh, I had a Camaro that I had been working on, and I, 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 this, this Camaro wasn't worth 10 bucks. I mean, it started, but that was it. And I had worked on it for an entire year, got the body all in shape, and got it everything the way I wanted it, and I was ready to get it painted. And I remember coming out of auto body class one day, we had a teacher who uh, spoke with expletives, if you know what I mean. He was, you know, he used a lot of words that weren't politically correct, I guess. Anyway, uh, coming out of auto body class one day, I was driving my car, and I was backing it up, and I didn't know how to back up really well. And, and so I ended up wrecking my Camaro right into his custom truck. I smashed the whole front end. All I remember seeing in the rearview mirror, and he had one of those long coats on that, you know, if you welded with and stuff, it would catch the sparks. I seen that coat come flying off like Batman. And I seen him running across the shop, and he was screaming at the top of his lungs, get away from my truck. I thought I was dead meat. I was. He pulled me out of the Camaro. He didn't even let me drive my Camaro out of the shop. He said, get out of here. I was so humiliated. Have you ever felt that way? You don't have to right now. Just get into my story because I'm feeling it again. All the guys, yeah, now we're, ta now we're talking, yeah. All the guys in the shop were like, that's the guy, that's the guy that hit the shop teacher's truck, man. He'd been working on that for six years. You know, it looked like one of those ZZ Top trucks. You know, you're good, good. I'll give an altar call for the ZZ Top fans in a minute. It was an awesome truck, and I smashed it. I, I crashed into it. And I remember for, for weeks after that, I, I would come in, and he would take attendance. And then when attendance was over, I had to leave the class. <laughs> I couldn't stay for the class. It was humiliating. Ever feel wrecked? Ever feel totaled? Here's what happened to my Camaro. I turned it into the insurance agency, and they said, listen, what it costs to repair it, come on, is, I can always count on this church. What it costs to repair it is more than it's worth. So here's a small check, go away, right? And in that moment, I learned something. Some things in life are totaled, but not all things. And I think we live in this kind of disposable mindset, this drive-through fast food mentality where everything's quick and fast and then throw it away when you're done with it. We think when something's a little bit wrecked or a little bit dented, we think when something's got a blemish, throw it away. But with God... There's always hope. You're never totaled. In other words, when you were born into sin, listen, the cost 
of what it would take to fix you up was more than you were worth. And yet Jesus Christ still went to the cross and died for you. To repair you. It's not that you were worthy or I was worthy. He overpaid. And yet he did it anyway. Because of his love for you. Because of his desire to help you and to build you up. I don't know about you, but I've hit a deer or two. You ever hit a deer? They don't die when you hit them. That's interesting. They, they go on a run. Yeah. And usually, a lot of times, they'll have a heart attack. You know? How many people run when they take a hit? How many people run when they feel wrecked? Let me ask you. Have you ever, have you ever had a wreck in your marriage and felt like it was time to run? Come on, be honest. You have. Have you ever had a wreck in a relationship with a friendship? And said, you know, I'm not once bitten, twice shy. I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to be friends with people anymore. Because I know what it likes to, to take a hit. I know what it's like to be in a wreck. I'm running. You ever had that at church? Where now every Sunday morning for the rest of your life, you're not in fellowship with other believers? Because something happened that totaled you. Something happened at church that wrecked you. And you thought, you know... I'm not doing that again. And there's this inner dialogue. There's this self-talk where you begin to say to yourself what it costs, come on, to fix that situation up is more than it's worth. And so you give up. You say, hey, this will never be like it was. This marriage won't work. This friendship won't work. My relationship with my child isn't worth it because what it costs to fix it is more than it's worth. This relationship that I have with a friend, sometimes we're wrecked with the Lord. You've never been there? I have. I have. You say, Pastor, you have? been pastoring most of my life, but I can tell you this. There have been times that in my faith, I have felt shipwrecked. Paul even says that. Don't let yourself get to the place where you're shipwrecked in your faith. But let me tell you, you have enough crashes in your life, you get in enough wrecks, and after a while, you think, you know, what's the point of driving? What's the point of continuing on? The cost of what it takes to repair that is much more than it's worth. But when Jesus sees you in your relationships, when Jesus sees you, especially in your relationship with the Father, the Father looks down and says, I don't see a wreck. I see my son. And my son's worth it. Come on. And because my son's worth it, you're worth it. They're worth it. The church is worth it. Lives are worth it. Are you going to have fender benders? Yep. And listen, if you ever go, listen, I want to tell you something right now. If you ever go go-karting with anybody in this church, there's going to be a wreck. I've been with some guys, and we've tore the place up, been thrown out. Pray for us. So in Amos, we see a total situation here. We don't just see a fender bender, really. We don't see a bump. We don't see a scratch on, on the bumper here. This is a total situation. 
God says, listen, I'm going to be the shepherd here. I'm pulling you out of the lion's mouth. And if I could be illustrative here, I'm going to pull you out of the enemy's mouth. Even though all that's left is a couple of leg bones and a piece of an ear. I'm going to put you back together again. I'm going to put that marriage, that relationship, that family, your health back together again. Some of you are in here this morning and you've given up. You said, I prayed for years for my healing. I want to tell you this morning, your healing isn't totaled. It's paid for at the cross. Is there anybody alive in this church today? Mm. Let me give you the background here of Amos. Famous Amos. Great cookies. He came from the Northern Territory. This would be about 150 years after Israel was divided in half. Imagine the civil war in this nation about 150 years ago or more. Imagine the civil war and the South remains the South and the North remains the North. Amos comes from the South and he is a prophet from the South, Judea, and he goes up to the North, Israel, and he prophesies to Israel. And he says, listen guys, you're going to be led off into captivity. You have not been caring for the poor. You've not been doing what the Lord has called you to do. And one of the things in particular was for 490 years, they hadn't let the land rest on the Sabbath year. Now this goes kind of over our heads and sounds a little geeky, but stay with me. You see, every seventh year when they farmed, they were supposed to let the land rest. They were not supposed to farm so that they would learn that in the abundance of their prosperity, they were to still trust the Lord. I don't know who I'm preaching to, America. Who am I talking to, Americans? So that you would not put your self-sufficiency in money, but it would remain in the Lord. How many of you know one of the toughest things that will ever come to your life is a blessing? Oh. So they were blessed. They were prospering. The Northern Territory was especially prospering. And here comes famous Amos from the south. He is a sycamore fig tree farmer. And he has some sheep. He's a simple guy. Doesn't come from a prophet's family. Doesn't even want to be recognized as a prophet. But God sends him to the north to tell him to wise up and tell him the truth. You think the north listens to him? Do you think Israel listens to him? Do you think they continue in their idolatry? Why does God set it up this way? Because God knows in all of the promises he has to bless you, he also knows there's a caveat emptor, a buyer beware to the promises of God. You will prosper, but will you remain faithful? You will prosper, but will you still trust in the Lord? Will your trust remain in God? So God says, hey, let the land rest every seventh year. And also, the corners of the field, you're not to harvest those. Leave those to, for the poor. Set this up so that I can provide for everyone. How many of you know that's not government? That's kingdom. I'm going to provide for everyone this way, but you will obey me in your prosperity, and you will trust me. They don't let the land rest. In fact, watch this, for 490 years, they don't let it rest one year. 
So for 70 years, this is so interesting. This is geeky stuff. But for 70 years, they're in captivity because God gets his land back for the whole 70 years. What God said will happen will happen. And sometimes he'll wreck you so that he can resurrect you. We don't get selfish. I've never been stingy. I've never thought it's been all about me. We're coming back to a heart of worship. It's all about me. Jesus. I've never thought church is all about me. I've never thought what church does is all about me. I've never thought how pastor preaches is all about me. That's about somebody else. My relationship, I've never thought that it was all about me. And so every once in a while, God reminds us, you see, it's better, it's better to allow a wreck so that he can reconstruct the image of his son and you might have the character to remain with a blessing than to just bless you and allow you to continue to be prideful. So what Amos comes up and does is says, hey boys, captivity's coming. The Assyrians are coming. You need to repent. They don't. They don't. And a wreck comes. And it's just like this good and loving God that we serve to come along with the whole warning and say, by the way, this will happen. This will wreck you. But even if there's just two leg bones and a piece of an ear left of your life, I'll put you all back together. And I'll put you back together better than I found you. I'll make sure you're blessed and a blessing. I'll make sure your marriage works, your health works. I'll make sure, listen, I'll make sure your, your calling is restored. Who am I talking to? You never had these seasons? This is why they come. Have you ever thought that maybe God allows a wreck for this reason? God doesn't want to humiliate you, but he will humble you. And I don't know, there's a verse of scripture that says he chastised those that he loves. See, I want him to love me, but I don't want, I don't want chastisement, Lord. <laughs> I don't want that, God. Ever been to a junkyard? Man, I'm the junkyard dog. I mean, I do, I do it. I, I go in a junkyard and I find stuff. And there's parts in there. And sometimes you don't have to go buy a part, new, a part brand new. You can get it used. Here's the deal. When you go to fix up your car, the parts that are in the car are worth more apart than they are in the car together. Now, that's highway robbery. That's what that's called. Right? They should be worth more if they're connected together because it works. But those single parts, brand new, are worth more. That just blows my mind. But, hey, it's America. Well, you, sometimes you can go to a junkyard, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. A junker, a wrecker, will take you and your brokenness to the junkyard, and, and, and listen, the junkyard man will sell off the parts, but a master mechanic named Jesus can take all of those parts and put them back together again and function again. What you thought was totaled, what you thought wasn't worth it, Giving it to God makes it worth it. But here's the deal. We don't take inventory. We don't take inventory the correct way. We look at the pieces and the parts, not the promises. I said the pieces 
and the parts. We don't look at the promises. I said we look at the pieces and the parts. I'm going T.D. Jakes. And not the promises. What can you do with just an alternator, Lord? What can you do with just a radiator? I just got, I just got a fan belt. I got a couple of tires. I got a steering wheel. This won't move. And God says, whatever you got, my promises are what's important, not the pieces and the parts. Give what you got and entrust it to me, and my promise will make what you don't have run. And God says to Israel, I love you. This wreck is going to happen. But even though it does happen, I'm going to pull you out of the enemy's mouth. Even though it's just a couple of leg bones and a piece of an ear, I'm going to give you life again. You're going to walk again. You can trust me. They wouldn't see the fulfillment of this promise for another 70 plus years. But that doesn't make the promise untrue. It's still true, even though you wait on it. What can God do with a piece of an ear? What can God do with two leg bones? As I close, I want you to think about this for a minute. I want you to treat, I want you to treat this book, this sweet letter from God differently. I implore you, read the pages of this book differently. Look, look at me, look at, look at your pastor, look at me. Please treat this differently. Don't set your cup on this. Don't put your cell phone on this. Don't leave it on the floor. Don't, don't, don't let it collect dust in the back of seat of your car or up in the back by the window where the flies are dying. A, clean your car. <laughs> B, get your Bible out of there. This contains the promises of life for you. Not me. Not, not this building. This book does. There, this is a legal, spiritual document that when you read something in here, the Bible says God cannot lie. When you read something in here and God says it's yours, I don't care how long it takes. It's yours. So you won't set a drink on this, your Kool-Aid. Well, I had no other room. Got no coasters. <laughs> the problem is, as soon as we have a wreck, this is the last place we go. We go straight into the junkyard and take an inventory of all the pieces and the parts, and God says it can come down to just a couple of leg bones and a piece of an ear. But if you've got my promise, you will have life and have it more abundantly. Somebody give God some praise. Joanne is. There. Whenever Joanne claps, you need to clap. <laughs> Why does he say a piece of an ear? Romans 10, 17. Do you know it? Do you know it? What does the Bible say about faith? And hearing by the? Did you know that every person in this room that is a believer 
has already experienced a miracle besides salvation. You were spiritually deaf. You were born spiritually deaf. You wonder why the world acts like the world, acts like a bunch of Indians, acts like a monkey chief over the bananas? I'll tell you, they were born deaf. You're born deaf until you have an encounter with this word. And the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, but hearing comes by until you encounter the word of God. You cannot hear. I'm not talking about this kind of hearing. I'm talking about spiritual hearing. That's why you read in the Bible, especially in the book of Revelation. Let him that has an ear, let him hear. It's not saying if you're deaf, this isn't for you. It's saying anybody that spiritually can hear the truth, listen up. What's in a piece of an ear? I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning. If all you can do is hear the word of God, you will have abundant life. You just got to hear it. You just got to hear it. Not your... Not your negative Nancy comments. Not your friends and the break room that tell you, it'll never work. Give up. Throw in the towel. It's over. I can't tell you how many people I, I talk to, even from the church, when I try to get them to hear what God's word says, They've went to somebody who was supposed to be a believer and didn't say what this book said and started talking Dr. Phil and Oprah. Come on, man. We don't need that cycle babble. What's the word say? What's God's word say? I feel alone. And if you can hear that, it will change your life. Everything in the universe exists because it was first spoken by a word. Therefore, everything in the universe will respond to the same word. What do you need two leg bones for? Just stand on what you hear. I, I'm not even telling you, I'm not even telling you, you got, I'm not telling you, you got to do squats. And listen, I'm only doing one. That's it. One was enough. That's all you're getting. I'm not telling you you've got to do a leg press with it. I'm not telling you you've got to run a marathon with it. With it. I'm not telling you you've got to take a leap of faith, because leap of faith ain't in the Bible. We walk by faith. Step by step, or we stand. And you know, I'm, there's a lot of things I'm standing for. I don't see all the physical results yet. I don't need to. I know it all begins spiritually with a word and then manifests from the supernatural to the natural. And I know that his word and his promises are true. And yes and amen. He is the yes. He's already said yes. I am the amen. I confess it. I believe it. I stand in his promise because I've heard it. And I don't care what I see. It will change. And I'm going to stand right here until it does. Here's the problem. We go, well, sick of standing. Can I sit in it? If you're potsy, you can sit, sit on it. Before your time, Mark, sorry. 
happy days. Mark's like, Potsy? <laughs> Let's get a burger this week. I'll tell you all about it, okay? <laughs> it is a terrible name. Because if you don't know it's happy days, you don't know what the pastor's talking about. Potsy. Let's see it. Let's have a little pop quiz. And let's see if you can find the place where you stand. You can hear it, but can you stand in it? Psalm 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of his benefits, who forgives your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. You hear the part that says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and you obey. And then the part you stand in is the second part. The premise to the promise, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. I don't care what the doctor said. I'm telling you what the Lord said. Exodus 23, 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God. You heard it? You obey it. If you're not obeying it, then confess your part in the wreck. Can you say with me? Think about this for a minute. My insurance company, who shall remain nameless, tells me that if you have a wreck, you're not supposed to admit fault. You didn't know that? Because then they got to pay. And there's problems, right? Hello? Well, with this, you admit fault. When there's a wreck, the first thing you want to do is say, Lord, did I get the premise right? Is there something I've not heard and obeyed? Here's where you do it. You shall serve the Lord your God. Are you serving him? Good. That's the part you heard. Now stand on this, and he will bless your bread and your water. I like, what's that, Shibata or Shibata? I like that Shibata bread. Chibata? Oh, you Ohio people say chi? You can make Shibata bread into pizza. You can put ham, salami, mayonnaise on it. I will bless your bread and your water. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Whoa! Print it off, man. Put it up on your wall. Put it on the mirror in the bathroom. When you wake up in the morning, you feel like you're falling apart? Read that verse. Two more. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, here's the part you hear and obey, if you abide in my word, and you are my disciples indeed, you shall know the truth, then the truth shall set, set you free. Right? I want freedom. I hate addiction. I'm not talking about cigarettes. I'm talking about Twinkies. That's an addiction. Two, if I want to be free, am I, am I living in his word? It's his word, what's coming in my ears. And Psalm 84, 11. No good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. No good thing. No good thing. Are you missing any good things? Check your walk. Check your hearing. Get a Q-tip out. Throw it away. Don't press too far. A couple of things that happened to me the last time I was wrecked and wounded. And it wasn't long ago. It wasn't. A couple of things that happened to me. I looked at what was missing from my life 
and I associated my circumstances with my theology. In other words, I let my practical circumstances rewrite my theology and my faith because certain things weren't working in my life and were wrecked. I thought my relationship with God was wrecked. And I thought because things were missing, God was missing. And that's not true. If he says, even to the pastor, or a guy that used to pastor, that was my time, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, he means it. But what I'm feeling should never trump my faith. And sometimes it does. And you have got to in those moments get back to the promise and stop looking at the pieces and the parts and thinking the pieces and the parts speak of God. Because if you've got a piece of an ear and just two leg bones to stand, God can reconstruct, reconcile, reconfigure. God can bring new life to your situation all according to his word. Would you stand with me in prayer? I don't, uh, I don't do this a lot. I want to, as the worship team comes, I'm not going to ask that you move or anything else. I'm just going to ask that you stay right where you're at, right next to a loved one or a friend. I'm going to give a benediction today. We're going to go old school. And I'm going to bring that benediction from Psalm 62.5. And I want you to hear with that piece of an ear this morning. I want you to hear with just the two leg bones you got left. Right into the midst of whatever's broken. And I want you to hear this and say, that's for me. That's for me. Psalm 62, 5. Find rest, O my soul, and God alone. My hope comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He alone is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. I will trust in Him at all times. Trust Him, O people of God. Pour out your hearts to Him. For God is our refuge. I ask my deacon to close us in prayer.